Welcome to another Cover 2 podcast. I say another one, and we this is the first one of the year, so that doesn't make much sense. But uh, we're going to get going here. This is J-Mac. We're joined by our boy, Tim Kelly. Hello. It's been... Uh, a year since we talked, or... I don't know. It was <laughs> eight months. Of, yeah, probably eight months, because we didn't, we didn't do a ball wrap-up. No, we didn't. For some reason, we just slacked off tremendously. Yeah. Probably took us a month, or at least me a month, to recover from the Peach Bowl. True, but we won that. No, I mean just physically myself. Oh, had a good time in Atlanta. Yes. All right. Uh, we we figured it's it's uh, it's summer. There's a drought going on. It's really hot. Um, Your paper burned alive in the driveway today. <laughs> it, it literally did. It's it's charred and yellow looking. It's, it is scary, really. So, um, as a result, we figured we ought to do a podcast because. Because I know nothing about football. True, and and we but we did get the uh, <laughs> Phil Steele College Football Preview, and that's right. pretty cool. So we figured that's a that's a reason to to do something. And I, I want to talk about Phil Steele some. No, that's and I'm pretty much I'm starting at page one. I'm going to read the entire magazine. Okay. Cover to you know cover to the cover. That's that's a lot of small print. <clears throat> so table of contents. And really indecipherable. Um, yeah, I know. I think that's like that's most of the magazine. It's just like he he just is, is assuming that we'll just forgive like some of these abbreviations and numbers and just think that he's really smart. <laughs> when really it's just nothing, and he's just adding it in. Well, I mean, I, I PSJC twenty five. Oh, yeah, I definitely know. That. Like I know LSU's backfield's really good because they have like four VHTs and oh, five yeah. PS seventeens. You so, love yeah, gotta gotta have PS seventeens. Um, I'm not sure what that means. I do love the fact that he picked the humanitarian bowl in you know. Probably for him, April. So, <laughs> right. You know. And speaking of that, he thinks Boise State will be playing Maryland in the Humanitarian Bowl, which would actually be a pretty good game. Kind of, I mean, would, would you, you know, being from Maryland, would you go see the Terrapins play in Boise? No. And why is it, I'm going to just put this out there, why is it that Boise State always gets to play in their home field? I would think the poor guys want to, would get the chance to go play someplace else. I mean, I guess they won the Fiesta Bowl last year, so that was pretty cool for them. Yeah, you would think after the, after last year they would get some more uh, better opportunities from different bowls that would pick them as like at large or something. But I don't know. But still, uh, mm. I'm not. Yeah, Boise State's Boise State. I don't want to see him. I already saw him once. We killed him. Let's move on. All right. Uh, my uh, my wife has joined us for just to observe for the beginning here. She's incredibly pregnant because we're adding a mini McGinney. Um, she'll be joining us in the podcast come this fall. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Really, lots of screaming in the background. Will um, she be drinking Schlitz as well? Probably. Uh, but we're gonna. Julie's gonna naturally produce that. Um, wow. Yeah, it's. That's a new procedure, I think. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, so. Uh, so. And yeah. Julie will be perpetually drunk after that. And she'll be consuming any Schlitz. It's just her body making it. Right. It's a cruel twist of fate. Wow. And or genetics. Yeah. Or some free science experiment. Will she ever suffer hangovers while she's perpetually drunk, or is it just no? She'll just be perpetually drunk. A so constant drunken euphoria. I'll go with that. Wow. <laughs> but uh, interesting. Childbirth. So uh, miracle uh, of life. We're 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 um, we're gonna paint a nursery. Well, we've already painted the nursery. I gotta put a crib together. It's a shame we can't put that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> step by step, the process. Of, I'm sure that would be riveting for all the listeners. <laughs> But lots of me going, why in the world does this not fit? Oh, a lot of cursing, a lot of cursing. 
Yeah, typically with any project I do around the house, there is incredible optimism in the beginning because I think I look at the instructions and the parts and I go, I can do this. This is this is feasible. Then the majority of the actual session of me assembling something is full of cursing and just despair. Hmm. Um, where I reach a literally a climax of me realizing I can't do this. I'm done. I'm done. But then somehow, some way, either through sheer anger and mental fortitude on my, on my part, or something magically working because Julie says, oh, wait a minute, you realize you're missing this part right here? Mm -hmm. I finish the project and I'm overwhelmed by incredible uh, joy and euphoria. Wow. So it's, it's really like a, like, a, like a Greek saga. Hmm. Me assembling. It sounds. You should write a novel. <laughs> I should. Uh, it's uh, and I think it'd be loosely based upon something like Hamlet. Okay. Or I was gonna say like the Odyssey or something. Well, that that works too. Or or perhaps uh, Stripes. Okay. <laughs> All on the same literary level. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Except Stripes is a movie, right? Sure. Maybe Yahoo Serious in Young Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you move on to your first topic? How about that? Uh, I, I, are you are you saying we're slowing down? Yes. Tim and I like to I'm push. Bored. We push like to push 45, 50 minutes in our uh, in our podcast. Yeah. You start slow and you build up. You don't want to blow you know right off, right off oh. everyone away and then give all the best stuff up front. <laughs> we got to make sure folks are listening, so we we'll, we'll intersperse this uh, this podcast with random uh, thoughts and facts that you can recite to us. Or as we were saying earlier, maybe a Robin Thicke song. <laughs> yes, very much so. Which we should discuss here, since we have my wife here. Uh, classic 80s sitcoms. Because right. they don't really make them like they used to. Yeah. Um, we discussed uh, Growing Pains yeah. for yeah, a while. Sad. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. Benson? Well, eh, Benson was like late 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, it That's was a little was. before our time, I well, think. He worked at the governor's mansion? Yes. Uh, it was a spinoff of Soap, I think, wasn't really? it? Really? Wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't that right? Way before that. Maybe I'm making all that up. Did you know that um, Family Matters, spinoff of Perfect Strangers? Mm. No, I thought it was a spinoff of Die Hard. What's <laughs> 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 that guy? He was <laughs> Urkel. Was, I mean, he was he was actually the the original Bruce Willis character in that movie. <laughs> and then they, they I thought it was just the daily life of the cop from Die Hard that was in the <laughs> <laughs> well that makes more sense and then like the big season one finale was him going to the Nakatomi Plaza <laughs> I love that episode actually I think we've talked about this last year too but uh, I mean there's never enough time really to talk about Small Wonder <laughs> <laughs> wow or uh, perhaps the classic movie Silver Bullet <laughs> <laughs> but now it has nothing to do with Small Wonder, and it's a movie. But it's still worth talking. But about. it has Corey Haim in a wheelchair. <laughs> and all good movies should. Yes, I think that was his like he was gunning for the Oscar in that one. You know, like Sean Penn plays the mental, you know, he has the mental problems, and so Corey Haim's like, "I'll be in a wheelchair." Here comes Oscar. I I don't think the phrase "silver bullet" and Oscar have ever been uttered <laughs> in the same sentence. <laughs> I, uh, I believe we watched that on a beach trip one time. We did. Uh, what, what, did. Did you like Silver Bullet? <laughs> Do you remember anything about it? No, not at all. It, um, it was Corey Haim in a wheelchair. It was motorized. It involved yeah. a wolf, werewolf? Of course, there... no, yeah. It wasn't about Coors Light. It was about a werewolf. <laughs> was there a Quaid in that? I think there was. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you're, you're pretty much about a 45% chance in the 80s and 90s, <laughs> early 90s that the Quaid's going to be involved. <laughs> I, 
I, I was watching a um, or a bridges. You know, maybe that that could come. Up. Yeah, I really think that those that those people are interchangeable. Right. I mean, I really there's not much difference in Randy Quaid and like Bo Bridges. I really think. <laughs> right. Jeff Bridges is pretty good though. I like Jeff sure. Bridges, right? Um, I uh, I feel like you've talked about this before in another podcast. Probably have. <laughs> we like to repeat ourselves. This is we'll call this a preseason podcast. We'll we'll get out all the old vestiges of what we were talking about last year. Get that all cleared away. This is this is sort of yeah. We're all just stretching. You know, we, we, just wanna, we gotta we gotta get our podcast legs. Right. We're just run taking some infield, hitting some batting practice, playing some exhibition games, and then a couple of weeks mean, we'll be ready we, to go. I mean, football is is what like 115 days away or something. And, yeah, I know. That's why I said I don't know anything about football. I am. Obviously, through my baseball analogies, I'm only thinking about baseball right now. Okay. Um, so right now we're just we're we're just trying to, to move the runner over. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do the sacrifice plan. Get this thing going. I didn't want to discuss because I feel like we had to because we talked about Bernie Spears a lot last year. We we did we cover her shaving her head last year, or did that happen afterward? I think that was an off season event. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> um, so well, we we can discuss that. It's a while ago. But I think the other thing is, you know, Paris Hilton was released yesterday. Right. Um, I understand you're going to be interviewing her tomorrow. I am, yes, live on CSS, I think. Okay. Um, because it's not really Larry King, Tim Kelly, actually. Right. The names are similar. Very similar. And, and y'all, y'all remarkably look alike. Yes, we both both wore suspenders. <laughs> our, our short, kind of hunched over old men, too. <laughs> yeah. And I always say, Toledo, you're on the air. Things like this <laughs> randomly. I have no idea why. It really, I think it disrupts class, right? It does. It's like a Tourette's thing. <laughs> um, speaking of class, you're, you're, uh, you're taking the bar, so you're, you're taking a class. What, what do we have tomorrow morning? I have the second in a three-part series on real property. Is that fun? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't even describe. Can you, can you tell me something in our listeners that you've learned? Hmm. No, not really. That's really not good for your actual taking the bar. No, it's not. How about instead of taking the bar, you just buy them a, like a lot of cocktail peanuts? I could do that, right? <laughs> a big Isn't handful that how, of that's how it works, right? Pickled sardines. Sure. Or um, just invite them to a tailgate this year. Yeah, I think so. That is the number one invitation. Yeah. According to Us Weekly, in uh. It's Tent City. Tent City. Fall 2007. September 1st, I think. Is that the first game? Well, Against we'll, Oklahoma State. Well, we'll find out here. All right. Um, Maybe. <laughs> because I had the chance to go back and listen to a couple of our podcasts from last year because, one, um, I apparently have a huge ego that I like hearing myself. And, and two, I wanted to also catch on those finer details of some of the things we did last year. And one thing I really got to say is we weren't prepared terribly well. <laughs> we would, uh, like, we would say, well, what's, what's Miami's record? I don't know. You'd hear the pages turn, and then all of a sudden you'd hear Tim real quietly going, lost in Maryland. Lost in, lost in there. Won that one. Won that. Five and six. Yeah. So obviously we, we've refined that, honed the skill, and we are a well-oiled machine this year. We have pages marked. <laughs> yes. And, and you can t- I think the listeners can tell that from the crisp... <laughs> Action of, of the first ten minutes of this. <laughs> now we've we haven't talked about anything so far. No, uh, we hadn't even talked about Paris Hilton except for the fact that you're on interviewer. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, what about what about her? Can I say? Uh, are just, you are, were you shocked that she went to jail? No, I guess you know that she should have gone to jail. Would you uh, 
do you are you are you disappointed that she is getting out of jail a little bit early? No, because I mean I, I think I understand that just like the sheriff was saying that you know it's all about crowd control and this is a normal practice. Nah, nah, nah. Obviously, actually, I, I haven't really listened to anything at all. I just made all that up. That it's but I did see a picture of her today on the news when I was in a store, and she looks so much better when she's just has like nothing on, like no makeup. So you're saying you like the fresh from jail period? I do, right? So <laughs> that's. I mean, she's she she's got a whole new look she can go for here. I do. I like it a lot. Yeah. I don't know if it was the mental and physical abuse that really just brought out the the love in her eyes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, she obviously endured some sort of love, I think, while she was in there. <laughs> Probably not the kind she wanted, though. Right. Not, not that, I, I don't even know who her boyfriend were, but there are apparently lots of videos of them out there for the public to see. Right, so, yes. In green light, from what I understand. Good. So we'll do a little football, um, because that's what we were supposed to do in theory. And on that yeah, cue, yeah. that's where the wife leaves us. She's uh, taking her incredibly pregnant self to bed right now. Any last words? Loyal readers, listeners? Don't make it too long. All that's right. a that's a common <laughs> common request. <laughs> I think we already have. <laughs> well, all right. We'll see you later. Again, we stress the high prof level of professionalism that we have here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I have to take out the trash. Uh, <laughs> And answer a phone call. Trash day okay. I suppose I should get on that if it is trash day tomorrow. Really? Maybe we can have the the listeners actually hear you take the trash out. Mm -hmm. We could. They could bet on what's in the trash. Oh, out. that'd be fun. That's <laughs> a game. What's in the McGinney's trash? That's that's a fun game to have. Uh, I I also like we need to get a new media guide because this is two thousand six. So I don't think it's out yet. Okay, so cut me some slack. All right, I'll I'll let you go there. Um. So let's let's do a little uh, little catch up here since we didn't um, really close Georgia's season out last year. Uh, won a bowl game, beat Virginia Tech. They were playing pretty good. Uh, Tim, you were at the Peach Bowl. Yes. Good experience for you. Very good, very good experience. Mostly very, um, I would say almost all the Virginia Tech fans were very cordial and attentive about the game. It was it was a pretty good experience. We had some people setting up next to us. I had I would say high marks to Virginia Tech fans. That's good to hear. They seem like good football fans and most of them were there just to, you know, have fun, watch the game and not not just straight abject taunting and um, So they're not Florida fans. Right. Or, or Tennessee. Tennessee or South Carolina. Well, at least the, the first two schools have a reason to taunt. That's true. Exactly. Um, that that's definitely makes South Carolina South Carolina stand out but uh, again it was another dome tailgating atmosphere which it's okay I mean it's nice for a lot of people because they don't have to drive very far but you know it's not very picturesque <laughs> sitting in the parking lot in Atlanta right uh, taking Marta to a game yeah no we didn't take Marta we parked next to the stadium but um, that works out pretty well uh, but Georgia Georgia played well toward the end of the year yes they did and uh, beat three ranked teams and I don't know if we had talked about we were at Auburn, Carrie mm -hmm. and I. Spitting all of it. Yes. Yeah, maybe we did talk about that on the podcast. So, and at Georgia Tech. So we saw the big the big flourish at the end, and that, um, I mean, it definitely gives you hope for this year. So, Which uh, we'll, we'll kind of move into here, uh, talking about the Phil Steele, the college football annual, which is uh, sort of the unofficial Bible of the football preview world. Um, and... 
I mean, I buy it each year, and also each passing year, I get more and more confused, as we mentioned earlier, about the bizarre breakdown. And the other thing, before we really get into how Georgia's going to shape up this year, I mean, Phil Steele knows what he's doing, but is it just me, or he's, he's definitely very proud of himself. I mean, the number of times you, like, read in there and you see, I was the only guy to... Yeah, that's half the magazine. <laughs> I mean... I was the only one in 1999 to claim that Mississippi was going to finish 6-5. and five. <laughs> You're like, well, all right, I get it, Phil. You're, <laughs> you're really good. But I don't need, yeah, I don't need the constant reaffirmations of, of Phil's well, and I, I don't, superiority. I'm like, I, I can't follow his, his procedures for, like, how he ranks teams or conferences because he concedes the SEC is the toughest conference out there. But then he'll say, like, um, Washington has the hardest schedule. And you look at Washington's schedule, and they're playing all Pac-10 teams. And all the Pac-10 teams that have all the hardest schedules, but they play Pac-10 schedule, and then they might have a Michigan, or they might have a Colorado, or a Nebraska. And you look at the SEC, and yeah, they're overwhelmingly SEC teams, though I think LSU gets Virginia Tech this year. Um, but I, uh, I don't understand his methodology in terming that. And I've also felt that he's long been a closet Tennessee fan. Really? I... I just I think he he has something strongly for them. So uh, who that that's 06. So here we yeah, go. Yeah, not, not only is Washington the toughest schedule, but number two is Southern Cal, number three Washington State, number four Arizona. You see, okay. I'll, number five UCLA, number six Stanford, number seven Oregon State, <laughs> number eight California. <laughs> How can the SEC, which he acknowledges is the toughest conference, not have one of the most demanding schedules, particularly LSU, which plays Auburn, Alabama, Florida. Off the bat, they play Tennessee this year. I, I, I'm not sure. I, well, I think LSU, who you claim to have to the toughest schedule of all they, time, and they play Virginia Tech. Number fifty-two. Okay. They have the fifty-two hardest. They play generation. Virginia Tech, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, and then they have Arkansas, who is still going to be a good game. I, I guess. I guess the only thing that in their defense is those are home games except for um, Alabama. But, I mean, they're... The only, the only out-of-conference game is, is Virginia Tech. But, I mean, so I guess... of any, any difficulty. So I guess the Pac-10's argument is because they play, they, they get a Notre Dame or a Michigan here and there. But that according to Phil Steele, the only team, the, the highest ranked of the toughest schedules in the SEC is Tennessee. At, what did I say? At 18. Tennessee. Tennessee, because they have to go at California. <laughs> and I mean, but then at Florida, Georgia, at Bama. But I mean, who, how, I mean, how is that a hard schedule? I mean, I don't want to say it's not a hard schedule, it's an SEC schedule, but they host Georgia, they host South Carolina. I mean, they go to Florida and they go to California. I just don't. All right, turn to turn to Washington's schedule. Let's go to the Pac-10, and we'll take a look there. Again, you see how we've ironed out the kinks of last year's <laughs> obvious <laughs> lack of preparation by being crisp, now, concise. Now, I will say, in our defense, this is sort of kind of off the, 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 the charts here. Okay. Off the charts? Well, I mean, it's not we didn't have really forecast this. Okay, obviously they open up. What the Huskies open up at Syracuse. Yes. So that by far. Well, and that's a pretty tough open run at Syracuse, home Boise, home Ohio State. 
I mean, that's. I mean, sure. I'll give him a tough. It, it, he must be giving a lot of value to the non-conference schedule. And finish at Hawaii. So yeah, I think it definitely is all about the out-of-conference schedule. So what's like? Let's turn to their Pac-10 once. That's that's an example. He was ranking all those pretty high. Arizona was number four, I think. Um, at BYU, we'll see. But in their their, this see this is where you lose me because they open at BYU, sure. And then they have at Cal and at USC, but I don't see outside of that what no, yeah. is overtly challenging about that schedule. Um, no, I don't either. And uh, I suppose we'd have to read his 9,000-page manifesto, <laughs> which is what all of these articles look like. They're, they're kind of daunting. I mean, get a paragraph in here every can once in a while. Can you give me a sample uh, sentence from, like, start here reading with the running backs of uh, Arizona, just out loud, just maybe a sentence or two so we can, <laughs> the listener can get a, a feel for it. Mike Bell led the team in rushing for three straight years with 920, parentheses 5.5, and 03, 950, 4.7, and 04, and 952, 4.8, and 05. Bell signed as a UFA with the Broncos last year. <laughs> the top returning rusher last year was Chris Henry, PS number 112, who had 311, 3.0, in his first three years, met RSO3. So. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of it unnecessary, I think, because it's the, the guy's gone. I mean, the guy who he spends all the time talking about is, <laughs> yeah, right. is, has a, is a UFA for the... The Broncos. Yes, yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, but it still is the best magazine, I would say. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, it, well, it goes into so much more. I mean, the, the, the depth chart... And as infuriating as it is, as much of a disagreement as I have with the man over the strength of schedule stuff, ultimately he is pretty right on his predictions. I mean, mm-hmm. a little more so. I mean, he's arguably an egomaniac. Uh, he's got a massive uh, article at the back showing just how right he is and how mm-hmm. more right he is than any other magazine. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, and he picked Georgia to win this year. So, win the SEC East, lose to LSU in the championship. I guess the only caveat to that was it was when Paul Oliver was a starting cornerback. True, and he, he had his tie with South Carolina, so I imagine that might shift now. Now, South Carolina returned, I think, all either 10, either all 11 starters on defense or 10 at least on defense. It's something absurd. Um, they had a pretty good defensive team last year. I still don't think they're ready for, you know... I hate to say ready for prime time, but I mean Blake Mitchell is still Blake Mitchell. They don't have a consistent running game, and they lost their best receiver. So I would concur. I mean, but I, I always have the the lowest opinion of South Carolina out of anybody. I, I you know I think more of Kentucky than I do of South Carolina. Which I think the Wildcats are going to be good. He's got them ranked right last, right? Yeah. I mean they return most of their starters, mm-hmm. and Woodson's a pretty good little quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, so is Raphael Little, a good little running back. And Keaton Burton is a good little wide receiver. They have a good offense. <laughs> a good little offense. Good little offense. Yes. Um, but then I think the SEC across the board is going to be a pretty good conference. Only two teams I think will be down, and we disagree slightly on this. Florida, obviously, because they lose so much offensive talent and offensive leadership. Um, but also I think Auburn's going to be down a bit. But do you, you think the Tigers will be all right? Yeah, I just think they're sort of at that point – that we've been in the past few years where, well, I mean, last year was obviously a down year, but uh, I just think they're, they're going to be consistently solid. I'm never going to count them out. I would much rather pick somebody like Auburn over a team like Alabama this year. I would think that it would be mm-hmm. something like LSU. I could even see, you know, Arkansas, as long as they have McFadden, 
they're going to be up there. But you know, even them, I would say I might I would be more inclined to pick Auburn second, followed by an Alabama Arkansas type. Yeah, I think Arkansas at three. I'd have Arkansas at at second behind LSU, solely because I mean they didn't even really play Mustang all that much. So he's gone. Um, you lost a receiver as well, and then you lose your offensive coordinator. But with all the stories coming out of Arkansas in the off season, it was still Houston not calling the shots anyway. Mm-hmm. The coordinator wasn't doing anything. Mustang was a bench for the last few games because they felt Casey did gave him best chance to win. So at worst. Minus Jamal Anderson on defense, you're literally bringing back the same team. So, and Arkansas' schedule, uh, <laughs> their out of conference schedule leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, home against Troy, home wow. against North Texas, home against Chattanooga, <laughs> home against Florida International. That's their home. That's their out of conference schedule. That's a brutal. That's a brutal stretch. Um, you know, I, I can't knock Troy because Georgia hosts them for homecoming. But outside of that, uh, Georgia at least picked right, up, and we picks knock, up at Oklahoma State and then Georgia Tech. Yeah, we so. can knock Troy. But, uh, and I think that's where we go, the SEC gets quite a bad rap, you know, from schedules like this. Now, we had this long discussion in the, in the offseason, uh, I guess before the bowl games, and we saw LSU and Florida play so well. But uh, do, you, do you buy into the whole – I mean, I've always been in the mindset that the SEC, sure, if they want to schedule – if they want to be like um, LSU and schedule a Virginia Tech, or if they want to be like Bama and schedule Oklahoma a couple of years ago, that's that's great. And I'm glad Georgia's going out and getting Oklahoma State and Oregon and Oregon State. But ultimately, when you play a Florida and a Tennessee and now South Carolina, then you're playing Auburn, and then you pick up a Bama or LSU every other year, is it really worth it to on your non-con? And then Tech is locked in as a non-conference, and Tech, you mean? Even as much grief as we give them, is going to go seven and five probably at least. They're going to be a competitive game more nine four times out of nine, if not sneak up there and beat you a few times. Um, is it more? I mean, do you buy any of the hype about that hurting the SEC? I mean, obviously it hurts them as far as some critics are concerned and some of the, the voters are concerned, but I don't think it should. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think it's just if you're unlucky enough to be. That in that one year where everything breaks right for you and you have that chance for a national championship, if you were unlucky enough, it, I think probably in any conference, to start too low in the preseason polls, no matter if you're at, that's when it's really going to hurt you that you're out of conference schedule. And I think that, you know, if you haven't played um, a big name team outside of your conference schedule, then voters are, gonna, are being inclined to keep you lower. So maybe Arkansas this year, if they start out low, say they run the table, I think having that bad out-of-conference schedule is going to knock, that's going to be a thing that they can point to. And you just don't want that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want that strike going in to unless, any season. Unless Urban Meyer is your coach and he complains enough and you get a chance to play with the BCS title. That's true. But Florida, <laughs> like, you know, just like we have Georgia Tech, you know, they, at least they can always have Florida State built into a right. schedule. I don't know. I think it just gives you, you know, just having one solid team at a conference. I think that's, that's just something less that they can knock you down a peg for. Or, and if nothing else, at least a BCS conference opponent right. consistently. So, you know, you know, Carolina gets Clemson. You know, we get Tech and um, uh, Florida gets Florida State. So, you know, that's that's a good thing. And then I think if, you, if Georgia 
picking up Oklahoma State because I think they're going to be a pretty good team this year. They played well in their bowl game last year. Um, I, I think that's going to be be a good thing for Georgia to start off with. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fired up. Are, are, are we going to Tempe in a couple of years? Tempe, right. Well, definitely Colorado. I know Colorado's on the schedule. Is that next year or the year after? I think it's the year after. I think it's 09. I mean, I, I mean I, I'll go to Colorado too, but I am I am pretty fired up at the possibility of going to Tempe there. And do we, we have a home-and-home home with Oregon or Oregon State? I thought it was Oregon State. I mean, I've never been to Oregon. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have any plans to go to Oregon in the future, so this is a good excuse. I've been to Oregon. Uh, is it cold and rainy? No. I went in the summer, though. So Very We're, charming? Yeah, it was nice. It would strike me that it's a lot like Canada. It was, yeah, part of it was like Canada, and we came up through on the, uh, on, on the Pacific coast side of Oregon. And so we were driving through woods and forests and mountains. It was it Mount Hood, I guess? And uh, that, that might be wrong. But anyway, we were driving through that part of Oregon, but we had to keep driving east in our little cross-country adventure. And then the last half of Oregon, which was probably like six hours worth of driving, looked almost exactly like the Texas desert. Really? On that side of that of the mountains over there. It's kind of depressing. Yeah, it was just nothing barren, desolate, nothing. Because you could go in. This was during your uh, graduation from undergrad, your undergraduate. Right. You and uh, and Carrie and Michael went on a cross country trip. Correct? Yes. Right. And we went to New Orleans. Went to New Orleans, down went. through Texas, New Mexico, Vegas. Los Angeles, San Francisco. Most, what was the most random thing you saw on your on your trip? Wow, I, I had to think about it. Um, that and what was the dumbest thing Carrie did on your trip? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, tough you, questions. Yeah, right? you'll have to. Well, she ate uh, I'll, uh, easily the dumbest thing she did. <laughs> the last night of the trip, right before we were pulling into my parents' house when they lived in Maryland, like about eleven o'clock at night, we had just gotten through Pittsburgh and we were hungry. So we stopped at Roy Rogers, a childhood favorite of mine okay. in Maryland growing up. It's uh, like fast food. I guess there weren't Roy Rogers down here. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but uh, the best bacon cheeseburger ever in a fast food restaurant. So I, we pull over. I was like, we've got to go to Roy Rogers. Told Michael and Carrie, because they'd never been, definitely get the bacon cheeseburger. Right. And they have a little fixin's bar over there where you can put on like, you know, Tomato, lettuce, whatever you want. It's just, it's classic. It's, uh-huh. it's the best from the biz, as the kids like to say. And we, we get up to the counter, and Carrie's like, I don't, I'm, I don't really want the bacon cheeseburger. I'm like, well, there's, there's nothing else to get. You gotta get the bacon cheeseburger. So Carrie gets up to the window, and she orders the chicken and mashed potatoes. <laughs> Which I don't even know where Rogers served this. I, I, I'm not even sure they do. I think it just might have been something the, the, the workers concocted that day. So she eats it. She doesn't like it. And I was just making fun of her because I said, don't order it. The next day, she wakes up in a severe case of food poisoning. No, that's not good. And uh, so I just heckled her the entire time in the ambulance, heckling her. So now, and correct me if I'm wrong, y'all were going somewhere and it ended up with her like in a gas station bathroom for like an hour and a half. Yeah, we were going to my niece's christening, followed by a game at Camden Yards that afternoon. Ooh, that really kind of hurts, doesn't it? And Carrie wound up in a gas station bathroom, locked inside for several hours, maybe an hour, and she wouldn't let me in. Finally had to beat the door down. She was lying, sprawled out on the gas station floor, called the ambulance. We got to go to the ambulance, the, the hospital. So that was the dumbest thing she did. 
Uh, yeah, I mean... Maybe the most random thing I saw, too. Carrie sprawled out. Because she had taken mop heads off of sticks and made a makeshift pillow. Well, that's actually very... Uh, in, uh, yeah, ingenious in, or ingenious. MacGyver-esque. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's, it's arguably something. Um, it is something. But that's... Uh, that's that's yeah. That's that's pretty bad. And, and I'm assuming once she got to the hospital, everything worked out okay. Yeah, she was fine. Well, all right. That's uh, yeah. That, that that's that's two for one right there. Right. Yeah. It was. It was pretty great. Did you see? I think. Well, actually, the most random thing I saw. I think also. I I think I can uh, give you a story about that. A quick one. We were driving through the redwoods, redwood forest, and uh, in Northern California at night, and we we're trying just trying to get to our last hotel that we we're gonna stay in that night, and. While these winding roads, dark, twisty, and we come around one, and there's this old hotel that's completely vacant except for the the check-in like office, and there's nothing in the check-in office, but we can see inside the window, and there's just a rocking chair that's empty and a TV playing nothing but static. That's the only lights on in the entire place. That's that's kind of horrifying. Like right now, I'm I'm a little nervous. It's Horribly dark, disturbing. It's dark outside and Horribly disturbing. Uh, did, did you stop and get a room there? We did, yes. <laughs> Actually, they were very, really nice. That's, that's good. Gave us mints and and uh, a drink that tasted like cyanide. That's that, that's good because you've had it before. Yes, I do. <laughs> that's why they eat, that's why oh, I drink at uh, tailgates. <laughs> it really is. Cyanide and coke. It, and it's actually well, it, it, the, the, the Cherishinsky, which, by the way, you know, we got a lot of grief for the Cherishinsky last year. Um, understandably so, because once we really began publicizing us... Having a Cherishinsky, Georgia went on an incredibly horrific nosedive yeah. this season. Yeah. We have to have a new drink now. Or well, a new snack or a delicacy or whatever it was. Some sort of alcohol-infused uh, goodness. We did stick by the Cherishinsky, though. We did. It, it, it came through toward the end. It we had it at Tech. We had it at the Peach Bowl. We, uh, there was a game where it was a fresh batch, and it was... Literally like putting a ball of fire in your mouth. Yeah, those are the best. That's fresh equals best. <laughs> I mean, it's there's when, it, when there's no flavor and it burns the the taste buds out of your mouth. Yeah, you can't you know, taste anything the rest of the day. But uh, I mean, so do you want to? I mean, I think part of the novelty of the Cherishinsky was aside from the fact that it was a pretty darn cool name. That you know, we all knew Joe at best. At best. And I love Joe Tereshinsky, but at best he was going to be an average quarterback yeah. who could manage the offense and then utilize folks around him. So Stafford has the potential to be a superstar quarterback, so we don't want to name the drink after Matthew Stafford. Who is that player on the Georgia team who is going to be a good role player, solid player, but nothing more? I mean, Sutherland could do that. I mean, I think A.J. Bryant has been that could be one. Uh, hmm. Who, Coleman Watson. <laughs> well, Coleman's suspended, isn't he? <laughs> Didn't he get busted for like open container? That was Trip Chandler. <laughs> okay, we we have too many like preppy white tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Trip Chandler that got suspended? I, Trip Chandler and Blake Barnes. That I I thought it was Coleman Watson. But was was Trip the start? Trip the starter? Yeah. Okay, then Coleman Watson works then. Um, well, I mean, Coleman, yeah, we could, we could work with him. Um, Geno Atkins is a possibility. Is there a drink we can name after him? D'Amico Goodman? <laughs> yes. There's a lot I, we can do with D'Amico Goodman. I, I was, I was, I've always been a big fan of D'Amico Goodman. <laughs> I was a big fan during the Ole Miss game. 
<laughs> that was the uh, – last year it seemed like there was really – every game there was a guy who – the either Munson or Scott Howard would say, "Oh, he's about to break out. He's yeah. about to become the go-to guy," yeah. and it never really happened. No, not for D'Amico. Um, well, he kind of broke out at Ole Miss, and then either he got hurt, or he was suspended, or yeah, something really stunted his uh, now, his did, breakoutness. Did Stafford played the remainder of the Ole Miss game, correct? Yes, that was Cox started, and yeah. then Stafford came. In. Um, but we could do something with, with Danico Goodman. What would be? Would, would you want to have a drink, or would we want to have a uh, some sort of? It has sort of novelty. It can't be. A, it can't be an entire drink because no one's going to have the patience while someone makes up like fifteen <laughs> drinks. That's that was the that was the beauty of the Cherishinsky is that you could just throw them out randomly. You could just walk around the tailgate and give everybody one in a matter of seconds. I mean, again, we we talked about the freshness or the, the quality of a fresh batch, and one of my lasting memories will be uh, Dave Aikens walking around after consuming one, hollering, that's fresh. You know it's good when it's fresh. And, and, and I believe Dave drank the juice. <laughs> Dave also drank a, probably a 20 ounce cup of gravy. Gravy, too. right. So there's not a whole lot Dave won't do. Uh, In fact, I, I can't could... decide what, what was worse, Dave drinking the 20 ounce cup of straight gravy or Josh in one swig. Drinking the entire Steven Seagal energy drink. That was a door prize. I know, and he drank it all in one foul swoop. That foul, was, definitely. Yes, it was a... Uh, Is it fell or foul? Fell swoop or foul swoop? Fell, probably. It's a fell swoop, but it was foul. We'll call it foul. It was definitely foul. Um, he had plenty of energy after that. I mean, Steven Seagal... <laughs> he had plenty of energy to vomit all night long. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when Steven Seagal says he is going to provide you with an energy beverage to get you through the rest of the day... He doesn't lie. No. I have seen his movies, including that really weird environmental one. Yeah. And I want to call it Point Break, but that's a whole different genre. No. With a whole different set of actors. Something with fire in the title, I think it was. Down Below, maybe? (laughs) Fire Down Below? That sounds gross. (laughs) But um, I think we should have a new segment on the, the podcast where we encourage people to either post comments at one of the blogs or email us. Uh, suggestions for what Dave can consume at the tailgate. Yes, I think that's definitely true. I, we definitely need to do that. And it's also going to be curious to see if anybody actually does comment and that anybody's actually listened this long. Mm. It's 38 minutes in. Why Why would folks not be listening? I, no, I... I <laughs> this is... More of just be an informal survey census if you will so okay here, here's a perfect one if you have listened to this point please submit something that that dave can consume um at a tailgate this year and at your option submit what the worst part of this podcast was what, what did you hate the most did <laughs> you hate her talking about small wonder mr belvedere maybe silver bullet silver bullets the M- mocking of Corey Haim in a wheelchair All right um yeah, that's that's a very real possibility. It's hard to believe it's been 38 minutes, and we've talked about football for maybe seven minutes, I would yeah. say. Well, like I said, I don't know anything about football right now. I'm all baseball. Are the Orioles doing good this year? No, they're doing very bad. You you, you want to blow the team up. You want to you want to completely... I've wanted to blow the team up since, like, 1999. I mean, you want to, like, trade everyone except for, like, a handful of young players and build from scratch. Trade them all. Trade them all except for Bedard and Marcakis. If you could do one thing, and I want you to name specific players you would acquire in a realistic sense. You know, like you can't say, oh, I want to trade for Barry Bonds. 
what would you what would your first move be that you think okay we've got these pieces here with the Orioles and we could get these pieces from the Yankees or mm. from the Brewers or I don't know I, I would I, I wouldn't like to, I don't want to comment on that because I, I, I have to be completely informed about sure. my I would like to look at the rosters but <laughs> I mean I would definitely trade somebody like Tejada and maybe uh, somebody like Millar. And then I would hope to get back two frontline prospects in return. So my suggestion would be probably the guys at Tampa Bay, because Tampa Bay typically always has a, a really good first-round draft pick, but you know they're never going to pan out because they play for Tampa Bay. I don't think Tampa is really going to be in the market for somebody like Tejado and Millar. <laughs> they're not as, they, they used to be, but they're not as dumb as the Orioles anymore. So, I mean, we'd be looking to ship Tejado to somebody like Well, he's going to go probably to a Houston California team, or, I think. Yeah, L.A., Chicago, something like that. Now, you Cubs. know, as, as a Red Sox fan, I've always been a good admirer of Kevin Millar, but not really for his baseball skills. Because at best, he's going to hit about 260, maybe hit 17 home runs. Yeah. So uh, If he, he does that this year, I'll be really excited. He, he's, he's more of a novelty than anything else. Right. But th- th- I think that some team that's sort of on the verge of getting in, back into the pennant race right now would like somebody like Kevin Millar, because he's still as serviceable as a hitter. He can't play much in the field, but he'd be good to have around somebody with playoff experience, somebody that knows what winning World Series is like. Possibly, I mean, for just tossing it out there, possibly the Braves, because they have a young Scott Thorman. They could yeah. use someone who could pinch hit and then spell Thorman at first base. Yeah, I could see that. And then he'd have Chipper and Andrew Jones and John Smoltz with him, some veteran players. Except that wouldn't mesh with Tejada. I, they, they, they wouldn't take Tejada with Ranger. Oh, you, you see, wanna... the, big thing, the big thing now... With really hurt the Orioles is that Tejada broke his wrist. Yeah, that kind of sucks. And for a variety of reasons for you. I yeah, I, I couldn't care less that Tejada's not playing for us because I want us to lose now because I want us to get good draft picks. I want them to blow the team up. But Tejada's not going to be all that marketable now at the trade deadline if he has a broken wrist and he's not supposed to even resume baseball activities till the first week of August. So none of these teams, none of these playoff contending teams, are going to want to trade somebody for Tejada if he's not going to play until the second week of August. Very true. So that really hurt us. But we can still trade Mora. We can still trade Corey Patterson. No one wants him. But Jayden, we can still trade Aubrey Huff, <laughs> Ramon Hernandez. That's that's the thing I just want to address real quick, that the big off-season get was Aubrey Huff. Yeah. Um, well, the Orioles are still under that delusion, which they have been for the past 10 years, is that we are just three pieces away. <laughs> we just need one good power-hitting corner infielder slash left fielder, and we need two really good guys in the bullpen, and we are contending with the Yankees and the Red Sox. And that's what they kept doing over and over and over and over and over again. And I, it I, never works. I make fun of Aubrey Huff, but I, my team overpaid for J.D. Drew and has no idea what to do with him now, realizing that he's he is at, at best as good as Trot Nixon was, and in reality, hitting about 230 right now with four or five homers. And for some reason, he's batting leadoff, and I think he's playing better in leadoff. But uh, I, 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 you mocked the move. I mocked the move. You know, I, I was all for overpaying for Dice K. I think it's panned out well. I think he's going to do well for the Red Sox. I was all for um, acquiring Julio Lugo, which has been a horrible failure. Well, but see, the thing about Lugo though is he plays incredibly good defensive shortstop. It's just well, you he's had hitting before when you had Gonzalez. Well, I, I didn't. In in a perfect world, they should have never let Orlando Cabrera go. He hit 300 and he played very good defensive shortstop. 
and the fans liked him. It's been a revolving door since then between Renteria, who tanked in his one year in Boston, Gonzalez, and then now Lugo, and they're playing Alex Cora, who's been a perennial bench player for the majority of time now. That doesn't matter, though. I mean, the Red Sox are in cruise control now. The Yankees Don't say that. (laughs) I'm going to knock on wood. I still have this horrible fear of the Yankees reeling off 27 wins in a row. Well, you already survived that. They won nine in a row. You guys tanked, and then the Yankees got back to seven games, and now they're back to 11. The run's uh, over. The Yankees are cooked. I, I don't... I, I, the Red Sox are cruising to the playoffs. It's going to be Red Sox in the East. It's going to be the Tigers and the Indians in the Central. And it's going to be the Angels in the West. And that's it. It's over. The American League East... I mean, the American League is done. And then it's the Mets, Braves, and... Phillies are all, Phillies they're all there. In the National League East. And then the, uh, the Central... Is the Brewers? I don't look at the National League a whole lot. And then the whole National League West, like National League West, is where it's at. Man, they've That's, all won like forty games. Yeah, Padres and the and the Dodgers are there are spoken, and the Diamondbacks aren't all that bad. The Giants aren't very good, but I, I I still wouldn't count the Cubs in the Central. But the Brewers are looking good, and I wouldn't count out the Cardinals, even though they've looked they looked awful. But they're starting to put things together. Pujols was for some reason absent the first couple of months, and now he's back on. So the National League's all up in the air, but National League is so far inferior to the American <laughs> League. It's just pathetic. I mean, so strange two years ago that everyone was making fun of the National League West, and now they're by far the class of the National League. Oh, yeah. Um, but who knows? The Mets, the Mets will get Pedro back in August. I still think the Mets have the ability to be a to be a premier dominant team in the National League if they can if they play as they played at the end of the year last year and if they say the first 3 weeks of the season they were playing lights out. But then they kind of hit a lull and then the Braves got hot. Now the Braves are incredibly cold and have no starting pitching outside of Tim Hudson and John Smoltz. But the good thing for them is that when they went incredibly cold, the Mets went incredibly yeah. cold, and the Phillies were incredibly cold before, well, and they made the run, so now it's essentially a three-way tie, and the Braves now have been able to wake up against the Nationals, and when I came in here, they were beating the Nationals, well, looking checked, for a three-game sweep. I mean, checking the standings, they're still only like two games back, yeah. so, but alas, I, I don't pay much attention to the National League. I just make sure that it's a double-digit lead for the Red Sox, waiting for the inevitable to happen for them. No, don't worry. I'm trying to be calm, but it's over. It was. Book your it tickets. was. It was last year. They were up by like seven games at the All Star break, and they just tanked and they lost. Different year. I know. I know. They have. They have a more reliable. They have. They've actually have set up pitchers now in the bullpen, and they have. They've got good starting pitching. I mean, when Schilling has become the weak league in the rotation, and there something's something's working right for him. So. Yeah. But obviously, as you can tell, and I know far more. About baseball, <laughs> well, we're still several months away, and we, you know, we just wanted to get started here. We're going to do a little more. Well, what we'll do is we'll take some time, work through some of the conferences. We can do some conference by conference breakdowns. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some special guests involved over the next maybe not not every week, but maybe every other week or something like that. Uh, and Carrie informing that she is still bitter that we didn't call her. Well, if we do this next week, she will be a special guest. Though she's working, as you said, about 817 days in a row. Yes, at 24 hours straight. So that's she is she is not going to sleep for three years. That's you know that that that's what they call dedication. Yeah, I know she is. She's a 
She you, loves the craft. You know, I, ironically enough, I will be doing the same thing as I have a child soon. Really? I will not be sleeping for three straight years. And so will I, but I'm doing it for like a stunt for a radio station. <laughs> sure. So we you're, should all stay up together for three Because years. you're trying to win Thrasher tickets. I am, yeah. <laughs> Just one pair of Thrasher tickets. They're playing the Ottawa Senators. God, I love hockey in Atlanta. February 2008, and I, I'm going to stay up. Well, actually for three years, so February... Can, 2010. Can I put out there, what would you do to, to win? Now, you've got to put something out there. You can't just ignore it. What would you do if someone told you, I will give you a pair of front row, front and center tickets to see a rat reunion tour? <laughs> what, would you, what would you do for that? What would I do for it? Uh, I would eat a delicious taco stand chicken quesadilla for that. <laughs> well, we will see if we can make that happen. If, if anyone who is involved with the band Rat is listening... You heard it right here. <laughs> if you make that happen, Tim will Tim will uh, take those tickets off your hand. Um, you attended Ath Fest. Did uh, Saturday? Yes. Enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, we just went to the outdoor stage. We through because of Carrie's pre-scheduled hospital events. We had to leave on Friday and Sunday, so we could only be there Saturday. So we didn't buy the wristband, the fifteen dollars wristband. We due to a monetary crunch. We couldn't afford that, so we were restricted to what was available to us for free. Right. Um, but we enjoyed it. Um, liked the sleepy horses, liked uh, winter sounds. Good stuff. Liked and the wigs. We enjoyed the wigs. We we saw the wigs a couple of years ago in Athfest, and we liked them much better this time around. Now, did Did you hear Bane Maddox play? Uh, yeah, we did. I, I've never heard him, but I, I've heard I've heard good things about him, so I want to yeah. check him out. I saw his wife play on uh, Ten Cup Profit. Oh. A little trivia for you right there. How so, about that, yeah. Saw, this, saw her play at Little Kings on uh, Friday night. Had, had a good time Friday. I like Little Kings. It's a nice place. We should, uh, we should, try to, we should do a live remote podcast from there. Yes, it, it should be a, a play-by-play of a cornhole tournament. It should be. I, I, in fact, I played cornhole at, uh, on Friday, and it was... Um, I'm surprised there was room there to do that. Well, it, once the modern skirts came, the the twenty one year old college girls loved the modern skirts, so they all rushed to the front. So there was actually a large opening in the back, nice. and we just we didn't have enough room for a cross. You know how you normally have it set up. We were just able to do kind of a half thing with one cornhole right. receptacle, if you will. And uh, still, it was pretty fun. It was a lot easier than you would expect because we're just you yeah. know throwing from half the distance, but it was a good time. So. It's 50 minutes, so that's about the average length for the podcast. So uh, we'll, we'll well, it is exhibition it season, so yeah, we'll try to you know get that hour and a half mark for you down the road. We were working out new formations, new sets, new uh, new plays, so that usually takes a little bit longer. We can actually talk some more sports, I suppose. That's actual football related. It's um, boring. A bit later on, we we didn't do any trivia. We have the ESPN book here. We'll do that right. for the next time. So we'll. We'll get a special guest. We promise it'll. We'll have someone here. Maybe even Carrie if she's she's curious enough. But so call in. Yes, we, we should do that. So uh, for uh, for our boy Tim Kelly, I'm J Mac. We uh, we thank you kids for listening, and uh, we will talk to you crazy folks later. <laughs>